Welcome to another episode of Photo Walking with Colin. Should be an exciting episode. I decided I'm going to let this audio <coughs> recording just run the entire time that I'm out here. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be wise or not. Because it's going to mean that I have to do a lot more editing. I hope you can hear me. But it does mean I'm probably going to have to do a lot more editing. Uh, but that's okay. So, today, I am... It's February. It's been snowing every single day this year, it seems like. That is almost not an exaggeration. We've been getting snow probably every other day. Three inches here, five inches here. Um, and so I am at the comb piles, which I have photographed before a few times on film, but um, mostly on digital. And if you search my site, actually, I'll, I'll just leave a link in the blog post for this episode to some other photos that I've taken here. Um, I think on my site you'll only see um, digital, but where I park to get to these, it's a little shady. Um, people have been dumping stuff back here. I, I really can't wrap my head around why people dump, like, it's a bag of clothes and pillows and a mattress. The mattress, I guess I can understand if you're... If your local uh, trash pickup does not take mattresses, maybe you kind of feel stuck and have to decide to dump it somewhere because you don't know what else to do with it. Maybe you can't afford to throw it somewhere, which most um, you know dumps, most garbage dumps would probably take it for a dollar or something. Oh well. So um making my way around. I just don't understand why there's so much fresh too. It's like within the last you know, day, twenty four hours, because it snowed again last night, there's fresh stuff that was dumped either late last night or early this morning, I guess. But it's very weird. Uh Today is exciting for me because I'm shooting with a new kit and I'm hoping uh, that this new kit will be with me for the rest of my life. You might remember in the one of the very first episodes of this podcast, I was buying some really cheap film cameras at thrift stores and trying them out and trying to determine well I was learning and trying to determine what kind of cameras I wanted and well it's been over a year since I started getting into film and I've learned a lot and I think I know 
for the most part, what I like, what kind of cameras I need to photograph the types of things I'd like to, for, to do. Or sometimes with a camera, it's about not just what it's capable of, but also its size. Let's see here. I'm going to try right here first. Because, oh man, this light is going to be like so awesome and I'm not going to be set up. I'm going to take it slow. I don't care. Whatever the light is, by the time I get to it, is what it's going to be. So let me tell you, I may have mentioned this in that uh, the episode about purchasing film cameras that my goal is to only own a certain number of cameras. I don't want every camera. I only want the cameras I need. And so I've already sold tons of my 35mm cameras and they're gone now. Um, I sold those through eBay. Most of them weren't anything special by any means, but um, I had quite a few of them. And I've decided that the 35mm camera for me, uh, for the rest of my life, is very likely going to be the Canon AE-1 program. And it's because my brother-in-law, John, gave it to me. And uh, it was his. He bought it in 19... In the 80s, I think, he said. Um, and he's had it the whole time, and now he's given it to me, and I really appreciate that. And it's a very capable 35mm camera. I've got uh, some great lenses for it. And so I'm... I don't see myself needing anything other than that, of course, you know, there's 35mm cameras out there that are just, like, famous, you know, the Leicas, um, and it, I don't really have any desire to have a Leica, um, if I ever stumble across one at a thrift store, it's a good deal, or something, maybe I would buy one, and I'm not dogging on Leica, I'm sure they're amazing, and the build quality and everything like that is, is insane, um, but, by insane, by the way. It's kind of my lingo for saying good. Um, but being that as it may, I, I just don't see myself having any desire to have one. Uh, so. So that's that. Now I have that. Um, I have the... Um, have the 35 millimeter that I will have hopefully for the rest of my life and I'll take it on trips and use it for what a 35 millimeter is mainly good for um, which uh, is you know lightweight travel quick lots of shots 36 shots you know that's what I'll use it for and I, I love it I look forward to it I love the build quality of the Canon 8E1 it's light um, I already said I have a lot of lenses for it, so I, I just, I, I don't see myself needing anything else. It's fine. It's exactly what I want, and I hope I have it forever. So then the question becomes, what medium format, uh, 
Let me see. I want a good aperture here. Um, what medium format kit do I want? And that's interesting, you know, um, because with medium format, what are you getting? Uh, generally speaking, you're just getting a, a higher quality negative. You know, it's a much larger negative. Sorry, I'm concentrating here slightly as I line up my first shot. Now, let me just say something here. I have no idea what I'm doing today. Um, no idea whatsoever. Because this is the first day I'm shooting a brand new kit. So I was looking at a lot of different medium format cameras. I've had a few. Um, very old vintage stuff that you find at like thrift stores and whatnot. Give me one second, I'm gonna take a shot. not know what to expect there so uh, yeah, I'm going to turn this off and move to the next location because I'm either going to get this right or I'm not that's interesting though hope you can hear me sorry if this thing gets this i'm using the little earphones you know and so if it gets lost uh sorry about that so the the vintage ones that i use i mean they are pain in the neck right um no light meters in them all manual focus of course um focusing is a bit dodgy the glass is all a bit dodgy um I, I made some I made some interesting photos with a few of them, but overall, I mean, they're tough, right? So, oh, do I want to go that way or that way? So, um, you know, it's been a, a weird experience for me in the medium format realm. I have not, I would say, I have not, I've never had a good medium format camera. Not that those old cameras aren't cool and fun to shoot. Um, but they're not good, you know, and so I could always blame the camera. Well, you know, I, I was using a camera from 1935 that has, you know, fungus in the glass and everything else. Um, so anyway, I've been shopping and shopping and thinking and, um, for what I do, which, and for what I hope to be able to do more of, I think I found a medium format camera that, 
will work for me. Will be versatile enough. Will be good quality enough. Has enough accessories. Kind of is like the Canon AE-1 in the sense that it's fairly well supported by the community. There's a lot of people that use them. There's a lot of people that have parts and accessories and and know-how on how to repair them. A lot of tutorials on YouTube and stuff to fix common problems with them. So I'm really hoping that, although I bought a 20-year-old camera, I can have it for 40 more years. Who knows if that will happen, but that's the goal. So let me tell you about it. It is a Mamiya 645 Pro TL, which is a lot to take in. So if you're not into film cameras or cameras in general, I don't know why you're listening to this, but if you're not into film cameras, then none of that made any sense to you. So Mamiya was a company that made some really great cameras over the years. They're not in business anymore, or at least not underneath that name. I'm not sure if if uh, any companies out there own their intellectual property or whatever, but as far as I know, none of these cameras are being made anymore. So this, the 645 series of cameras kind of looks like a little box. It's just this little box. If you've ever seen a Hasselblad, uh, or if you've ever seen an astronaut holding a Hasselblad from the 60s, it's like this little square with a lens that comes out the top of it. That's it, or the front of it. That's it. And so in, you know, in reality, that's all that the 645 is. Um, and they made many of them. And this Pro TL is, I believe, the last. Of what? Well, it wasn't the last, but the best of the last, let's say. Um, and so I'm kind of benefiting from the fact that this is the, you know, 10th revision or whatever of this camera for that company. So it's not the first one they made and all of that. Um, so they figured a lot of things out. And I can say from looking at it and using it a little bit today and going through a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of information and videos and articles and so forth that they, they did make a great camera here. Um, so the 645 means, the 645 is uh, the size of the photo that you take. And uh, it's in centimeters, so, centimeters? Yes, centimeters, millimeters? Oh boy. Give me a second. Centimeters. Sorry. It's very cold out here. I've got brain freeze, you know. So it's six centimeters by 4.5 centimeters. And this is a... There's not... Um, there's not a ton of cameras that take this size. Um, Fuji makes one. Mamiya makes a few. Um, and it's really really an interesting size to shoot with because it gives you the most I feel it gives you really high quality while still retaining the ability to have um, a lot of photos 
I'm composing another shot, so if you would pardon me a moment. My tripod isn't super good at all. I don't know if I want tire tracks in it or not. Tire tracks are cool. I'm with you on the tire tracks. I like them. But I either want them to be the star of the show or not in it at all, I think. So I think I'm going to go back over here a little bit. Um, I can't imagine this needing to be changed, the light meter much. So I'm going to just jack it up to this. One second, I'm going to take a picture. Again, no idea what I'm doing. I believe my settings are correct. I have, again, in the snow, bright sunny day. Uh, I'm shooting at f22. So closed all the way down for this particular lens. It's an 80 millimeter lens. And I'm shooting at 1 500th of a second. So I'm, I'm on a tripod, but I'm not... Um, I have the ability to pull the mirror up, but I'm not doing that. Because I figure it can, with at, at one five hundredth of a second, it can take some camera shake and I should be fine. Um, check my messages. I think I got a text message from Eliza. Man, this, it's very bright, so it could, I mean, this could be terrible. I don't know. I'm thinking that I'm going to have a lot of levity in the, in the dark room with these. Um, I'm very sorry that, I, I, why do I always apologize to you guys? There's only a few of you that listen. I don't know how many. I very rarely look at the analytics. Last I saw, it was like 60 or 80 people or something. Um. And who knows if that's even real. You're all robots, as far as I know. Um, I'm going to stop apologizing, because if you're listening to this, just know I am literally out here taking photos in the freezing cold with gear. The snow is about two feet deep, so I'm taking my gloves on and off every time I want to take a shot, setting up my tripod, walking through the snow, breathing heavily. And carrying a brand new uh, camera that I've never owned. So, if I stop talking to do stuff, then, you know, or if I lose my train of thought completely, oh well. I ain't getting paid for this. (laughs) Okay. There's some cool stuff going on right here. Okay, so 645. Big negative. Three times larger than a 35 millimeter negative. Three times. Which means, what's the point of that? It allows me to make large prints if I want. Or if I scan the photo in, the scan is super high resolution. I can get decent quality out of a 35mm, but 
three times what I can get from a 35. So that is a big deal. But you might be thinking, especially if you're out there shopping for a camera, yes, but 6x7 is bigger than yet than that even. And that's true. 6x7 is bigger. But there's a couple things about 6x7 that... Hmm. I think I want to go for that one over there. There's a couple things about 6x7. I love this photo. I love this one right here. With 6x7, you're very likely going to have a monster camera. So that's one thing. I don't know if this is going to be any good. Okay, I think I have to open up the aperture all the way so I can do focus first. Which is very interesting to me. Okay, so it's still at infinity. Then I'll stop it back down. So that's interesting. So through the viewfinder you see literally what the uh, camera sees. Still wants one five hundred. And that ain't changing no matter what I do here. So is that Yeah, it's like Colin, one five hundred, get over it. I think I'm gonna take it down to one two fifty. It's gonna be blown out. No. Okay. Um so with 6x7, you have a monster camera. And I've, I've used them. Let me just take this picture. Double checking. My goal with this first roll of film is to just see if the camera works. At the end of the day, really. That's all I care about. Like, does this camera even work? Everything seems to work. Um, some of those 6x7 cameras, I mean, they're like 9 pounds. And that's not, I don't even know if that's an exaggeration. So, go grab a, a 9 or 10 pound weight and carry it around with you for a little bit. See what you think about that. Uh, while you're hiking like I am right now. Um, not fun. Okay, I'm paying attention here because there might be a composition... The snow, obviously, kind of like sand dunes, has been manipulated by the wind in this area. And so there's some really cool opportunities, I think. But it's very tough to tell where my... Until I get used to the, um, the kind of the aspect ratio of the camera and the focal length of the lenses that I have... I don't know what to expect as far as a 
like with my cannon, I can kind of think about what my composition is going to be before I set it up with this. And this is only day one. I like have to set it up to see what the camera's going to see. It's like, well, I don't know what it's going to see. So let me open the aperture back up again. Oh, yeah, this is cool. It's all snow, which could be pretty neat. Pretty neat indeed. Now to get the focus right. I wonder if I should leave it shallow. To give it some... Do I want it to be shallow or... No, I want it to be open. This is cool. 125, 250, 125. So I'm going to meter for the highlights, I think. Plus, I'm using FP4. There's got to be a lot of levity. This. Well, of course, the sun goes behind a cloud. Give me a second here. So, so the 645, smaller camera, more shots. Film is not cheap. So how much more quality am I gaining between 6.45 and 6.7? For what I do most of the time, or what I do with my, my prints, are probably going to be 11 by 14, 16 by 20. They're not going to be enormous all the time. So I don't think I'm giving up a whole lot. I might do two here. Something's not right. Is it not on? Did I not advance the film? I did. I did. There it goes, of course, after I bump the camera. So if I'm not going to change the composure, should I? I'm just going to wait for the sun to come back up. I almost want it to be harsher than it is. Double check. So, so it's like the best of both worlds. Like, okay, I get really top quality negatives. Nice, big size. It works with my print, uh, my darkroom. I have all the holders for it and everything. It's good for scanning. It's lighter. I get 15 shots instead of uh, eight or something like that that you get on six by seven. So think about that. I get almost double the shots that someone that is shooting 6x7 does. This looks cool right now. Oh my goodness. I could see being here all day shooting the same scene. I can't do it again. No, I'm leaving it. it I'm just going to take an iPhone shot though. Just in case I literally got nothing just now. The iPhone's high dynamic range, by the way, is stupid. So if you don't know what that means, if you use the iPhone, I just took a shot of that same scene. <laughs> I mean, it looks like the desert. So cool. Um, if that came out on film, I will be giddy. 
this whole area is just so cool. Um, some people would consider it a blight of the neighborhood, but me, it's like, man, every single time I drive by it, I think I could take... Oh, of course. Of course, you piece of trash. Here comes the sun. I have to do it again. Sorry. i do it one more time. Definitely. I had to do that. Had to. I'm on shot seven. See? Now, with the stinking six by seven, I would be like, I just did one-eighth of my shots just now. No fun. Taking another one with the iPhone. Metering for the shadows and the highlights so I can play with it later. So cool. It'd be a great uh, iPhone background or something. So maybe I'll use it for my iPhone background. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What I'm shooting right now is not what I aspire to shoot. I like wildlife. I like being out in nature. I like scenery. Um, but it is not my driving passion. I want to take pictures of people. Um, and I know I've been saying that for a little while, and then all of a sudden COVID hit. Um, for those of you that listen to this that don't know, I have a private Instagram account, so a lot of my friends and family especially would prefer not to be on public Instagram and stuff, so I don't put them there. And so, to me, if I work for three years at getting good at my film photography and I take a picture of my parents or uh, myself and Eliza somewhere or something and, we, and I do it in a way that I get to keep for myself and nobody gets to see it, oh well. I will have had fun taking that photo. Oh man, this is so neat. It literally looks like you're in a desert. But it's white. And because the sun is reflecting off of all of it, it's keeping me pretty warm, I gotta say. Like, I'm not cold at all. It might help that I'm wearing 16 layers of clothing and ski pants and ski boots. Or not ski boots, but, you know, winter boots. Gloves. A, a, a wool hat from Iceland. Carhartt gloves. In fact, it might be too hot. So what I'm shooting right now is to just see if this camera works and um, just kind of be totally happy with that if it does. And tonight I will, when I get home, I will, uh, I will develop it and be jumping off. Maybe I'll record myself developing it later. Because once I see the negatives, and they come out, and the negative has tons of information on it, I might be like, oh my goodness. Because believe me, I've never had it yet. Using old cameras and stuff, you're very limited. Okay. So 80 millimeters not wide enough here. I wish it were. Because this particular shot it's pretty big and it kind of looks like a mountain range when I'm doing it I don't think that's going to be a very good shot 
too many trees. I don't have a lens hood, so I have to be mindful of that. Although I don't see any glare with this lens, which is interesting. I hope you guys can hear the shutter. I hope this is recording. I shoved the other phone. I use a different iPhone. And I just shove it in my pocket whenever I start the recording. But who knows if it starts, if it's still going. Okay. Next spot. I know I can't climb to the top of the mountain today. There's no way I'm going to get up there. So I kind of have to be... Inventive here. There's a couple, a couple spots that have been melted bare, which is neat. Could add a lot of contrast if I could find a composition that I hate all these words it sounds so like I don't know it doesn't sound natural to talk like that but if I can find a picture to take that includes some of the black um, the black coal and the brilliant white snow it will be cool. Those are the words I should be using. Not contrasty and composition and all that crap. They're words that you can use if you want. And if you say them enough, people might think that you know what you're talking about. But in reality, it's I would like to take a cool photo with my camera, please. That's it. Lots of animals have been cut through here, which is interesting to see, neat to see as well. Um, you'll have like these tracks that cut through your path, you know, and you can kind of see what kinds of things have been dancing through here. Let's see, is this going to be neat? I don't think so. What makes a good picture? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. There's lots of answers online, though, if you want them. A lot of white dudes that look like me telling you what a cool picture is. It might be of a, a gas station with out of frame. <laughs> or an old car still covered up with a tarp, which I've been... Which I, you know, I took a picture of a Studebaker last year. If you look for Studebaker on my... It's one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken so far. So... Who am I to judge, you know? People should be able to take a picture of whatever they want. 
long as you like it. That's what makes a good picture. I just figured it out. You like it. It's like, oh, what, what makes a great photo? Well, you like the photo. People decide later what a great photo is. You know, there's... Photos of popular people doing things in the past. They become great, quote-unquote. Some people are just prolific, meaning that if you... Reminds me of Alan Iverson. If you're a basketball player, I have no problem with Alan Iverson. He was on the team that I follow. But... He shot an awful lot. I mean, he just took a monster amount of photos. Uh, Listen to me. A monster amount of shots. So, what happens then is that your... His percentage was half decent compared to good players. I'm not saying that he was bad by any means. But... I'm going to get back and regret taking three or four photos of the exact same snow pile. Goodness. What am I doing? I'm actually going to put the mirror up for this one. So this has a feature where the mirror doesn't have to move. You move it out of the way. So I can't compose the picture anymore. But the camera moves way less. And so you might get a sturdier picture out of it. Who knows? I don't know. Just gonna take a second to look at my surroundings and not be so caught up in what in the world I'm doing. Cool. What was I talking about? Alan Iverson? How in the world did I start talking about Alan Iverson? Um, so Alan Iverson took a lot of shots. And he made a lot of shots. But he took a lot of shots. So, some great photographers could be described that way you know you have two cameras holstered all times one with a long lens one with a medium range lens and you're covering uh for various newspapers or magazines some of the more important you know quote unquote important things of our day like political things and uh sports figures and celebrities or whatever and eventually after doing it for decades, you end up with a lot of decent photos that... They may not even be decent. They just may be because you were there and because you were firing at that time. You know, you were shooting an image when that person was assassinated or uh, 
which, sorry to bring this conversation down, but, you know, that could very well be what happens, right? You're, you're constantly imaging, creating images. You're, I'm not saying they got lucky, because you have to be there, you have to have the skill, you have to be... Um, it's not even about uh, knowing things like exposure and, and shutter speed and all that stuff. It's, it's about getting the shot, you know, just get the shot. And I can tell you, and I've only been doing this for a year with film, most of the photos that you've seen that are the greatest images shot on film, all of them have been manipulated. Um, all of them have needed to be brightened in certain areas. The exposure was not perfect. Who could ever get the exposure perfect when you're running through a war zone and shooting images? with a field camera in 1890. Like, no. Uh, But if you look at all the photos and you look at all the negatives, many, many, many of them were manipulated in some way. And that is not bad. Every photo you've ever seen has been manipulated. There's a reason for it. They might make something stand out so you see it because you couldn't see it otherwise. But it was there. It actually happened. I'm not saying that it was photoshopped and, you know, blood was added or anything like that. I'm just saying a darkened figure or something that was backlit might have been brightened and things like that. It happens all the time. So, I guess what I'm saying is, don't worry about trying to make great images. Make images that you like. Others will like them. Maybe. If they do, cool. If they don't, fine. Um, and just do your thing. You know, you could try this, and I've tried this, um, and I'd like to do it again. Uh, Don't post anything to Instagram or your your sharing preference for three months. Keep every image for yourself and just keep shooting. In fact, don't even look at Instagram for three months. Just keep shooting. Take photos as often as you can for those three months. Trying to create images that you like, not what the algorithm likes, not what you think people on Instagram would like, or what a square crop would look like, or whatever. And see if your photography changes. I got a dollar, it says it does. Okay. I think I found another one here. I don't know. I'm not shooting anything in portrait. Maybe I should. Yeah, I don't think I like this as much as I thought I would. Yeah, I don't. Well, the more I stare at it, the more I kind of like it. What am I at? I'm at eight or so. Let me try. I have not tried in portrait here because 
this camera is pretty heavy and I don't trust my tripod being able to hold it, but... Oh, I do kind of like that. Okay, we're at 125th. Get my light meter out. I probably don't need to. I don't know why I'm doing it all the time. It says 125th for the shadows, 1250th for the highlights. When you're shooting snow, what should you... Oops, that's the wrong aperture. When you're shooting snow, what should you do? Does anybody know? Do I expose for the highlights? What do you guys think? Or expose for the shadows? I would think the shadows because the white is just white. Focus to infinity. Nope. There we go. Focus to infinity. F22. One. Two fiftieth. Nope. Yeah, one two fiftieth. Firing. Did I not roll it forward? Oh, come on now. Holland. Talking to you guys too much. These leading lines are really neat. There's a little bit of dust on this mirror. I'm going to have to clean that. Because immediately, of course, it makes me worry that... <coughs> I don't know why it makes me worry. It's not a digital sensor. It's not on the lens. So it's just the, can the mirror might have a little bit of dust on it. So I just have to get over it. I was going to do a selfie with it. I don't know if I want to. Do I want to? Huh, I don't know. I could though. Let's try this. Uh, let me think here. I'm going to try it a little more open. I probably can't get away with much because I only have one one thousandths as the highest I can go. So if I take the aperture down to f11, yeah, I can't. I'll have to go one sixteenth and go one one thousand. I was going to take the aperture down just to, you know, kind of do something with it, the photo, but let's try this again. Let me, oop, oop, no, let's not do that. Let me put this in landscape, uh, portrait mode again. And do that. It's almost flat. Let me see what that shows. That's kind of cool. That might be neat. Okay, I think we're all good there. Oh, the focus. How am I going to do that? I mean, there we go. Whatever that is. I'm at 18 feet, maybe. I don't lose much by turning it back, so let me try that. And then, I'm going to take my backpack off. Put it right here in the snow. 
I think it's only a 10 second timer, so I'm gonna have to make some moves here. You see where I need to be? Right at the top of that. Okay. This should be interesting. I don't know if it beeps. Oh boy. I don't think it worked. <laughs> Did I not advance the film? Does anybody remember? Go back and listen. Uh, I didn't. Double check everything, of course. At least I know where my footprints are now. <laughs> Did you guys hear it? <sighs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It is a short timer, though. Might have to get a different one. Ten seconds. I mean, that's like... Quick. Get some of this. Okay. Well, I'm at... 10 or 11. Actually, I don't think that dial's right. I should have more than that, right, guys? So, you can see the moon. Should I try that? No, Colin. You will not try the moon. Stop being ridiculous. I'm pretty surprised I don't see any snowmobiles here. I think I saw one on the other ridge. I didn't even hear it come or go. Unless it's just sitting on top there, but I don't see it now. So um, these piles are full of tracks from quads and snowmobiles, and uh, so I'm kind of navigating those to not um, you know get much of that in my shots as possible. I don't really care for that too much. This is a little arduous, but I have to say, so far with this camera, it's pretty enjoyable. If I get home and I literally bang my head against the wall because I did everything wrong, that'll be different. But it's, uh, it's a pretty enjoyable camera to use. If I was taking pictures of people, I think I could get... Um, I think I could get something quick, like 
all the functions seem to make sense. They're in the right spots. So that's exciting. So it's like, okay, if I did set up to take a picture of somebody, even impromptu, um, it wouldn't take me very long to get set up, I don't think. You know, I mean, you guys are listening to this, and when I listen back to this, if I take some time to, which I very rarely listen to them, sometimes I will listen to them just to see if, like, it recorded at all and make sure that it did, but I might listen back to this just to see from the time I get my tripod set up to the time where I'm taking a picture, how long is it uh, happening? And I kind of have ideal conditions today, bright sunlight, uh, a non-moving subject, (laughs) Um, all those things make it a lot easier. Oh, here's a tip. Always turn around. I think I may have said this in a past episode. Always turn around. Um, I think I've found as many photos turning around as I have trying to... Ooh, this is neat. I wish that was on the other side. The wind creates these little... I don't know. You've seen sand. Creates these little striations, you know. And there's another big word for no reason. Creates lines in the sand. Hmm. I'm not here to take photos for photo's sake. Usually. But today I am kind of like, okay, let me just find a composition and get it shot because... My goal here is just to see if the camera works. Get home, develop it, maybe maybe even make a print tonight. Um, I should probably not do that. I should probably take it slow. Be a little more mindful of my process, but... Blah. Yeah, man. Nobody likes that mindfulness stuff. I use film because it slows me down. 100% true. But... Film is meditative photography. We have absolutely no reason to make fil- to use film. Unless you have a dark room. Which I'm glad I do. And making prints in the dark room. Huh, it's, it's, like ta- it's like being able to take the photo all over again. I have to record an episode down there. I have not done that. But it's like being able to take the photo all over again. Because every single part of the photo besides... If you wanted more in the photo, you're out of luck. Um, but you can have less. You can recompose the entire shot. You can change the exposure, change the contrast, change the colors. You really have add or remove things, highlight certain things, uh, diminish others. So you are able to redo the photo in the darkroom. So. If you are a film shooter and you do not have a dark room, I strongly urge you to. I started in my apartment bathroom. So if you're like, well, I don't really have a spot, it doesn't matter. I started in my apartment bathroom. So give it a shot. It does not cost a lot to get started. Especially uh, if you're just go simple and, you know, try stuff. 
<sighs> I think I'm going to do one handheld. I haven't done one handheld yet. I hope I kind of remember which one was handheld. I don't feel like dealing with the tripod right now. I just want to take this stupid thing and shoot it. So I'm going to meter, which this one has a lot more black in it. Meter for the black is 1,500. For the white is 1,1,000. That's at 16. Let me go up to 22. I want to, I'm trying to get as much in focus as I can. And I'm trying to stop it down because... So 1,500 seems like it's going to do it. You guys got to remind me to advance the film every time I want to take a shot. Okay? Or prior. prior. Oh, see? Handheld is sweet. Tripods are overrated. Wow, that was really cool. Yes, this is a heavy camera. I mean, it's not too heavy, but... I don't even need a hood on this, which I don't understand necessarily. Wow. That's cool. Where am I at? I'm at 13. I either have one or two more at tops. It's got to be. I didn't even think about adjusting that. I've been focused on infinity the entire time, but you know what? I think I was a little bit off that last one. So I think I want this one again. It's kind of like what's at the edge. Cool. You know, when you're taking a photo like this, it's kind of like, well, what's at the edge of it? All right, I got one more. One more. And I, I brought more film, but I think one roll of FP4, you know, 7 or $8 or whatever the heck it is now, is probably enough. Sorry, I was just texting some people. And you guys are just sitting there like, oh, what is he doing? Is he contemplating life and what he would like to make of himself? Nope. All right, this one's going to be straight snow, straight down. I better use the light meter real quick. Getting some of these striations, because why not? Okay, 1,500. That's what it says. Let's do it. F-22. One five hundred. Oh, I've been shooting F sixteen. 
They're all going to be blown out. No. See, everybody? Are you listening? This is what happens. There's no... Oh, man. How long am I shooting 116 since my portrait? Right? Because I was stupid. I'm doing this one again. Do I want this one again? Can I, I can rescue it. I can rescue it. I'm going to do this one right here. 122. I can rescue those other ones. What do I mean by that? The negs are going to probably be blown out pretty good. Let me open this up. Shooting straight down like this is not too easy. There's not like a, I have a grip in my bag and I'm not even using it. Whatever. Cool. Done. Off. I'm out. Um, I know I messed up maybe two or three of those. Where did my lens cap go? There it is. Um, but I only went one stop higher. So what that means is I very likely just have to manipulate all of the... Which is fine. That's fine. Okay. See, you guys are hearing me. I'm definitely going to edit this. Sorry about that. I don't mean to be that aloof. I'm texting people. You know, sent a picture to Eliza. Sent a picture to my friend, Carl, if you're listening. And uh, totally, you know, just lost. Okay, now I'm taking one more photo before I skedaddle. It's a very cool camera, I gotta say. It's a nice experience. It's fun. I think this will work for me. What should I close out with here on the way back? How did I get this camera? Um, you will watch YouTube. And you will type in Mamiya645. And you will hear many photographers that have had or still have a Mamiya645. And they will say... This is a fairly affordable camera, and then you'll go, ooh, that's cool, and then you'll look it up, and you'll be like, well, I don't know if it's that affordable. Um, 
everyone's idea of affordable is different, I would imagine. My idea of affordable is uh, free, so this is not affordable. Um, film cameras that... But I will say, when those individuals bought them, they were. And as YouTubers are saying, like, oh, you should have this camera. And many of them have gotten rid of them since then. Um, they're using other kits, or they move on to something else, because, you know, whatever the fad of the day is, I'm not saying that every YouTuber's like that, but, you know, they try to keep their content fresh, and so by one way of doing that is switch up the camera. You know, go shoot something else. You know, um... You want to be you want to be on the on the YouTube search for Pentax six seven you know as much as you do for Mamiya six four six four five and Mamiya RZ six seven and so on and so forth and so I think that plays into it quite a bit where you know uh, a YouTuber their their opinion is you got to really be careful with YouTubers' opinions. Um, Every YouTuber that's listening to this, zero, uh, would be like, what is he doing? You gotta take everyone's opinion with a grain of salt because everybody's different. You're not them. You're not on YouTube. You likely don't have every camera in your closet like some of the YouTubers. And so they might like a camera this week, but next week they may not. And that's just the way it is. What happens though is the price moves around. Price, to me, if you're buying something that you're going to use and keep, then the price, or I should say the value of something, is very easy to calculate. How much are you willing to spend on it? Right? Like, a lot of people wouldn't buy expensive accessories for their dogs. Some people do. Some people will spend any amount of money on their pet. Like, what I mean by that is they will spend tons on their pet. So, you have to ask yourself, what is, what is it worth for me to have this camera? I kind of knew what that number was for me. And so I started looking around. And I'm, I'm actually really happy I didn't end up with my first choice. My first choice, I thought, was going to be a Mamiya 645 Super, which was the version of this camera just before the Pro-TL, which is what I have. And I think I, I wouldn't have been disappointed. I mean, um, I think I would have worked with what it gave me. But because I want to take photographs of people... This one has a, a greater ability to use flash than the Super does. And so that will help me when I take portraits of people and I use a flash. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. However, when I was on eBay, some gentleman from Kansas, who's a wildlife photographer, was selling the model that I wanted with the body of a 1000S, which is another Mamiya 645. So I have two now. I'm very likely going to sell the other body um, after I play with it a couple times, of course. Uh, I would like Eliza to try it. Um, I don't think that she would want to keep it to use it full-time. Or not even full-time, but even to use it. Um, but she might want to play with it a little bit. See what it's all about. Um, 
but whoa, this is all ice under here. Almost went down. How do I get off of this? So let me go all the way over here. Okay. So now I, I will say this though: when I was uh, playing with both of the cameras, the 1000S has a sweet shutter sound. Wow. I mean, it's definitely the coolest shutter sound of any camera that I've personally owned. Um, I know that people like the 6.7 and the way that that sounds. Because that's part of it, I guess, you know. But the uh, this one, as you heard today, is it's clunky enough, you know. So, whew, almost went down again. <laughs> I really hope all this is recording. And you hear the ice cracking underneath me. You can't tell what you're walking on out here. And so I'm guessing that there's these pools of melt. And now they're all covered with snow. And um, they are super, super slippery. Well, this has been fun. I'm making my way back to the car now. Um, I took 15 shots of black and white FP4 from Ilford. Thank you, Ilford, for sending it to me. They didn't send it to me. I'm not sponsored in any way. Ilford. You can feel free to send me. Um, as much, you know, please send me all, all of the film that you'd like. There's another shot here I want. I just have to use my phone. been a fun day. There's one other thing I wanted to cover. Because I haven't done one of these. I think I'm going to really, I'm, I'm going to try to publish this one. Um, with the photos. I'm going to try to publish one of those ones with the photos. Even if they didn't turn out. And I know I said that one other time and I didn't do it. I think. But I'm going to do it this time. If these are all just blown right out of the water, then... I will put up white images on my blog, but um, there is a project. I'm not going to say what it is yet because I really hope I can do it. Um, that would involve this camera, the negatives themselves, creating prints, and either giving them away to a certain entity or to uh, selling them. And it's it's been in the back of my brain since probably fall of last year that I've wanted to do this. And I think now I have everything that I need to do it. Um, I really think that I could do it where I'd be creating a set of images that would have some value, uh, contemporarily and, uh, historically. Um, and again, maybe that wouldn't be seen for 20 years from now. Maybe even more, actually. Uh, a couple of the photos I want to take may not have any historical value for like 60 years. But if I do it the right way, and it's um, presented in the right way, it could it could be uh, valuable um, to, to the people that see it in the future. Um, not like financially valuable, but like 
of interest. Ooh, this is a really cool spot. Wow. I don't know what to think about this. Let me see if I can get another picture here. There's like a, I don't know, a little, must, some water must have come through here at one point and really cut up. I don't know if I can get a shot without, I don't know if that's going to even come out, but. I'm taking a terrible photo right now. I can really, this, I'm glad I came because I can take photos here all day, actually. It really does remind me of the desert. I, I've, you've heard people talk about the Arctic that way. They're traversing Antarctica and it's a, it's a frigid desert or frozen desert or whatever. And that is what this feels like. Okay, I'm going to leave you with one last parting thought. Everybody says it's not the gear. Go back to the episode where I talked about the fact that it is. Um, kind of the gear. If you are... If you have aspirations of mimicking a style of a particular photo, you may be limited by your gear. So, while you should not constantly purchase new gear in hopes that your photography is going to, some, or your photo- photographic vision or capabilities are going to magically get better. I do believe you got to buy new gear, and I just did. Um, because I think that for the types of photos that I want to take, at the quality I want to take them, and what I want to do with them later, I needed something more than a 1948 Ansco ReadyFlex that had... Uh, no viewfinder, <laughs> which is what I was working with. That was what my media, I don't even know if anybody knows that. Uh, by anybody, I mean any of you listening. Um, my Ansco ReadyFlex, I'm taking another picture, but it's not exactly coming out the way I want. Um, my Ansco ReadyFlex, when you look through the viewfinder, it didn't show you what the, what the, what the camera saw. It was just like a, a square that you kind of lined up. So I'm, I'm in a whole new realm right now, and I'm very, very happy about it. Okay, well, I really hope you enjoyed this, and I hope that I get it out. And I hope that everybody is non-COVID, that you do not have any fever or sniffles or anything of any kind. Go shoot some photos. I'm going to try to show this off. <laughs>